God's wonderful grace, peace, and mercy be with you today. We pray, oh Lord, let us grasp a little bit of what it means to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. When you saw the gospel lesson, or read the gospel lesson today and heard it read, you'll notice the word worship appeared a number of times. The wise men came to Herod and they said, um, we've come, or we came to Jerusalem and they said, we come to worship him. Where is he, this king? And then Herod said, I want to worship him too. And then they went to the house and they worshiped him. And so the word worship comes up here at least three times in this particular text. It's interesting that we look at the Christmas story. There's three big worship times in the gospel lessons. The first one was the angels. One angel came down and appeared to the shepherds and said, I got good news for you, for the city of David a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. And then all of a sudden a multitude of angels appeared and they worshipped and praised God. Glory to God in the highest, they shouted and sang, or whatever they did, and they got the point across. They were worshiping God for what he had done by sending his son to be a human being, to be the lamb who would save the world. They worshiped, those angels did. And then, shortly after that, the shepherds said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. They got to Bethlehem and they saw the Christ child and they went away, what? It says they worshiping God, praising God for what they had seen at the manger, the Lamb of God in the manger. They must have got a glimpse of what that was because they were shepherds who raised lambs for sacrifice on the altar in Jerusalem. And now here was the, the actual Lamb born. And so the shepherds worshiped. And now we come to the wise men, maybe two or a couple years later, whatever it was, and they come looking for the king that they want to come to worship. They come from the east, somewhere back, somewhere beyond Israel, I guess, that we don't know for sure where, Syria, Iran, Iraq, and Persia in those days. They came to worship. They had to travel many days, no doubt, to get there. And they come into town, wanting to know where this king is they're going to worship. And then notice where it says, after Herod told him it was in Bethlehem, which is not too far away, a little suburb of Jerusalem, it says, the light, the star, came to rest over the place where the child was. Now, somehow there was a light there. It wasn't an actual star hanging over the There was some kind of a light, maybe an angel or something, stood right above the house, and there was a light. Now notice what they said. When they saw this light, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Exceedingly. And they were excited. They probably hopped off their camels and gave high fives and said, How? Oh, whoa, hallelujah! We found the place. They hadn't gone inside yet. But they were so excited. It says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So you came to church today all excited with exceedingly great joy, right? Yes, because you came to worship and has received communion. Wow. And then, then they went into the house after they got off their camels or their chariots or whatever they were riding and they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And what did they do? It says in the text, they fell down, boom, out of the floor there and laid out there prostrate or whatever. They fell down, they bowed down 
And they what? They worshipped him. They gave him the honor, the praise, the glory. They worshipped right there in front of Mary and Joseph. Can't you imagine Mary and Joseph wondering what's going on? All these, these guys come in, these royal-looking people, and they come in and they, they got off camels and they come into our house and they fall down and worship our child. Then they opened their treasures and they continued worshipping with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Three exciting worship services unfold right here in the Christmas story. Angels, shepherds, and wise men. So when's the last time you worshiped the Lord? When was the last time you had a worship? Well, you might think, "Eh, maybe I was here Thursday, or I worshiped online, or maybe last Sunday. No, that's not the good answer. I hope you worshiped this morning when you got up. I hope you gave God praise and thanks for keeping you through the night, and you're still alive, still able to move. Worship does not have to be just in the church. Yes, it's important. Yes, it's important we come together as God's people to worship and to be together and assemble, gather for communion. It's all part of worship. But it's also worship when you worship in your heart before God every day. Worship should be a daily experience as you give praise and thanks to God. So every morning you get up, it's time to worship. Time to say, thank you, Lord, I got another day. I'm alive. Go to bed at night and say, thank you, Lord, for the day. I worship you, I praise you for the day, and now I'm ready to go to sleep. You see, the word worship means to love unquestioningly some object or person. It's to show devotion to somebody. It's a feeling of profound love and admiration When you worship God, you show love and admiration for this wonderful God. And so you tell God, I love you. If you're married, you certainly don't expect your spouse not to say it. You expect your spouse to say that that person loves you every day. Not just once in a year. You want to hear it. And God wants to hear it. He wants you to hear you say, I love you, Lord. I come here to serve you. You express honor and love to God. It's estimated the Bible has about 8,500 references to bowing down or falling down or worshiping God. That's a lot. 8,500 plus, probably, expressions of honor to God. Because we are grateful to God. We are grateful for what God has done. We are grateful for all the blessings God has given to us. We are his children, and children always respond to their parents with love if they really care about them, if they're really thankful for what God and their parents have done for them. And so we shout and sing our praises to God in worship and the hymns we sing and the worship and the liturgy and our time together in prayer. It's estimated that it's hard to determine when you have different translations, But approximately, the word praise appears 850 times in Scripture. People praising God. To praise means to honor, to give reverence to, to get excited about who you're talking to. To thank him. To thank him in prayer. So what are you grateful for? Well, obviously for your salvation. But going way beyond that, you're grateful 
for all the blessings daily that he gives to you. And yes, we're even thankful for the blessings of 2020, even, even though we may, eh, we're glad it's gone maybe. We're also thankful for 2021, a new year before us. But here's a verse I'd like to share with you. In Psalm 113, it says, Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Yeah, when the sun comes up in the morning, we praise the Lord all day, and we praise him at night when the sun sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. We are to praise him, honor him, worship him, adore him. Worship has power. And sometimes we forget that. You know how powerful worship is? Come together to worship God's people and the worship is a powerful experience. But worshiping at home, in your living room, your bedroom, kitchen, wherever it may be, is a powerful experience. You see, worship is a focus on God. Not us. My focus goes to God when I worship him and praise him, not on me. It's God whom I'm worshiping and acknowledging to be the force in my life that is important. Worship also reminds us of our dependency on God. I'm dependent upon God, not on me. I depend on God to see me through the day. I depend on God to see me through this situation that I'm in, this crisis I may be in, this experience I'm facing, this trouble I'm facing, or this joy I'm facing. For all the blessings I have, I am dependent upon God. He is in control. And yes, God is in control for 2021. He is in control. He is the God of gods and Lord of lords. Worship. Here's something that worship does. You know what worship does? It makes the enemy flee. It makes the devil go. The devil can't stand praises to God. He flees. I was thinking, you know, they're still rioting downtown Portland. They're still smashing windows and doing graffiti. Police make arrests here and there, but don't really do too much with them. Suppose that we organized the Christian churches and went downtown and stood out there by the, where the rioters were and started praising God and giving God praise and worshiping. The devil would have to leave, right? He'd flee. Maybe that would stop the rioting. Anybody want to organize the churches to do that? Praising God sends the devil fleeing, evil fleeing. Worship opens the blessings of God to us. You want the blessings of God? Worship. God's blessings come to us in worship. You see, what's interesting is when you worship, this is another interesting thought, worship invites God's presence into your life. When we worship here, we're inviting God's presence right here to be among us in this worship service. He's going to come to us through his son, Jesus Christ, in the body and blood on the sacrament of Holy Communion. He's here in word and sacrament. We say we're a church of word and sacrament. We are the, when the word is proclaimed and preached and read and sung, we are in the presence of God. And God inhibits his praises. It says this in Psalm 22, verse 3. He, meaning God, God inhibits the praises of his people. Yeah, God dwells in the praises of his people. When God's people praise him, God is there dwelling in those praises. That's marvelous, isn't it? 
When you take time to praise God in the morning when you get up, God is dwelling there with you in the praises that you're offering. He's gathering here with us in this worship service when we come together as God's people because we're praising Him. Another thing that worship does, it gives us peace and joy. You see, God changes our hearts. Notice those wise men that got off their camels or whatever they were riding, and they're so full of joy, they just were excited, so full of joy. It says, joy was filled with joy. And Psalm 16 says, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Wow, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. When God's presence is among us, there's joy. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the conditions are in the political world or in the church world, it's time of joy. God, or worship gives us peace and joy. And worship paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles happen when you worship. Prayers are answered. Healings take place. Life changes. People are saved. Things happen in worship. Miracles happen. Lives are changed. One of the stories that I, I, I really enjoy reading over and over and, and looking at is Paul and Silas. It gives me courage to go through some things you go through. Remember Paul and Silas there in Philippi? And they got arrested for preaching, teaching God's word. And so they threw him in prison. And they shackled him. Chains, the whole works. And the darkest corner of the prison at the bottom of it. Now, just imagine it's midnight. It's pitch dark. You can't see a thing. There's no lights. The rats are probably nibbling at your feet. You can't sleep. You can't see a thing. And you're shackled in chains. And what did Paul and Silas do? They worshipped. They started singing praises to God. And man, what did God's power do? Zip came down, the chains fell off, the doors opened to the prison, right there, through the praises. Their praises paved the way for his power. The jailer was so upset what in the world's going to happen? There was an earthquake and all this happened and he got his sword out and was going to kill himself because he knew that he'd be killed the next day anyway when all the prisoners were gone and escaped and he was responsible for them. But Paul said, oh, wait a minute. We're all here. And as Jailer got some lights out, torches, whatever, brought Paul and Silas into the house and said, come on, have a feast. Eat. Fed them, bathed them, cleaned them up. Asked them, what, 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 what goes on in your life? And Paul and Silas witnessed to Jesus Christ, and the jailer said, what? Baptize me and my whole family. Man, I want, I want this, what you got. And the jailer and his family were baptized, it says in Acts 16. The power of God was displayed in the praises of Paul and Silas. You see, worship, praising God, takes our eyes off our problems. You got problems? I imagine you do. I do. We all do. We deal with problems from time to time. But think about that. 
When you start worshiping God, it takes your eyes off those problems. And it makes it easier to deal with your life and what's going on in your life. So all the things that we do are parts of worship. Not just coming to church on Sunday, but when you do Bible study, when you read your Bible, you're worshiping God. When you talk to God as you read the scripture and look at it and reflect on it. When you put an offering in the offering plate, you're worshiping God. You're part of the worship. That's what the, that's what the wise men did. They gave gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Interesting gifts that they gave to Jesus. But they, that was part of their worship. Their offerings. The gold reminds them that he's a king. Gold was for kings. Frankincense was for a priest. The prayers were offered up and the frankincense made a sweet smell to God's nostrils, it says in scripture. And then the myrrh, that he was a prophet who was to be responsible for his people and Jesus would die. Myrrh for goose, death, grave. So Jesus became the prophet, priest, and king and those three gifts symbolized that. But it was part of worship. They were worshiping when they did that, when they gave their gifts. When you give your gifts for the ministry of God, you're in worship. And when you share your story, when you tell people the good news that you believe in Jesus Christ, you are worshiping. You are sharing God's love with other people. You're giving honor and glory and praise to God. In a few moments when you come up here and take the Lord's Supper, you're worshiping. You're receiving the blessings of God, his body given for you for your forgiveness, his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Wow, that's the reason to rejoice and give praise. Thank you, Lord. When you leave the table, you worship. You say, thank you, God. Thank you for this privilege of being able to take your body and blood. So pray with me. Pray after, the, pray this, pray after I say this. Oh, Lord, we praise you. For your great power, for your wonderful love. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for, the, for caring for us, for sending Jesus for us, for forgiveness. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, every day I encourage you to remember to worship God. Not just on Sunday, that's important, but every day. Make worship a, pri a priority in 2021 and your life will be totally changed and totally different. Remember the angels, the shepherds, the wise men. They all opened their hearts to worship to the God. So, oh, come then, all you people, let us come and adore him. Let us worship the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.